0: Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonnington and Dan Malecki. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Thanks to Gareth Hall, if you're still listening. Great news on our very special guest. I've now got a mobile phone number. Previously, I only had a landline and the landline had been disconnected. Gareth, uh, thank you, mate. Garrick Knight, thank you if he's listening as well because he's been doing some work behind the scenes. And let me tell you, we can manage to get this guest on. I think it's going to be a very special piece of radio, a very special guest. It is Breeders' Week, but it is Friday form panel the Friday form panel focuses on Melton on a Saturday night. We might touch on Bendigo a little bit tonight. Uh, there'll be a full Trot's Vision coverage tonight. I'll be on hosting tonight, so I've got a little bit to do. Dan Malecki is having trouble dialing in for some reason. He's just uh, going to reset things. That's fine, Dan. Uh, the first segment's not normally... We don't normally go into any tipping or anything as a such, but... There's plenty of value at Bendigo tonight. My best, I thought Locomotive was an absolute certainty at $2. I think he was terrific in the heats or the preludes, whatever you want to call them. I was at Kilmore for those preludes, and I just think we'll see the best of him tonight. Uh, He was given a trial basically in that prelude, and $2 is a steal. So uh, I'd be banking my night around him uh, he's the one I really was keen on I thought Mary's Mac was terrific overs at four dollars20 uh, massive overs Mary's Mac it, it it won the prelude people it won the prelude and it's going around four dollars 20 uh staggering really that it could be uh, such long odds it's uh, went terrific the the favorite in the race of course is the priestess who trots with a very high action it's very green It ran very slow sectionals. I think Alan McDonnell, if he had his time over again, would run a bit more even tempo. But when they really put it to the sword, when he asked for an effort, it just uh, rolled out of its gate and overstrode. I'd be be concerned about the Priestess if Brett Carroll's listening. It would be my uh, lay of the night. I know he likes a bit of a lay of the night. My other one on Saturday night, and we'll get to that is the Lost Storm. I think it's, uh, I think there's a lot of reasons we can put question marks against the Lost Storm. Uh, tonight, also at Bendigo, then really from there, they were my two, uh, Locomotive and Mary Mack. And then there's a couple of place runners, Vicky Bloom and Sheffield uh, Sparky, I thought were good each way chances at a price. Sheffield Sparky's been racing terrifically well and, uh, he he's going to get back in the field. He always seems to pretty much. Uh, it's his pattern of racing, but he's been a lot closer at his last couple than uh, recent, uh, than his form suggests. And I just, he's going to need a bit of luck. He's going to need the tempo on granted, but he was one at a bit of value. And I thought Vicky Bloom in race two, the 3 old trotting fillies final, it's got the, the gate speed persistency to work across and get to the front. Once it does that, it's it's going to give a great sight. It'll be in front for a long way. I don't think it can win the race, but if you can get the uh, five dollars the drum, it would be, uh, it would be a great place chance. Big fella, uh, very very disappointing. Toby going against where's the gold? Very disappointing to hear. Have a great Friday from Big fella. Thanks, Big fella. Yes, going against where's the gold? I think where's the gold might make it for. Uh, for interest-free, I think you work across and get to the front interest-free, will hand up to him. And when we get there, I'll run you through some data and information on interest-free, who ran the fastest last 800 and fastest last quarter at Melton last week in the free-for-all. Now, just think about that from a second. He was He was settled last in the field. He dashed home. He was never asked for an effort. He's going to most likely sit behind the leader he, his last quarter last week was 25-9, so he's, and he covered extra distance doing that. He was he was one off the fence three wide. Uh, if he runs home in 25-9 or the start before he ran home in 26-3, catch a waiver and home in 26-5, then, uh, then uh, I think interest-free is the best of the night. Dan Malecki has sorted out his tech issues. Dan, firstly, mate, uh, how are you? All Good.
1: Yeah, good thanks, Toby. Yeah, sorry about that. I just had a little problem dialling in, but uh, it's all good now, I think. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, getting through uh, a very exciting looking program at Melton uh, tomorrow night.
0: Very good. Uh, look, mate, we'll, we'll get a break away. I'll let you take a deep breath and compose yourself. And whilst we're on the break, I'm going to ring someone to see if we can arrange this special guest I've been working on for, for about 24 hours now. I finally tracked down a number for him. Uh, and we'll have him at 11 o'clock if we can. Let's get to a break. We'll come back, though, and we'll look at the first few races at Melton on Saturday night. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back. Toby McKinnon with you with Dan Malecki. Update on our special guest. It's the right number finally, but it went to Message Bank. We'll keep trying, hopefully, for 11 o'clock. It'll be a very, very special interview. If we can get hold of him, stay tuned, please. Now, race one at Melton on Saturday night is the Allied Express pace. Uh, it's an intriguing little affair. But to me, actually, Dan, when I really summed things up, it started to look a bit simple towards the end. I thought Sweet Passion gets across. Declan Murphy has the option to hand up or hold the front. He may hand up to put Celestio Matusa, who looks his main danger to me, three back the fence. And then I think Sweet Passion will have the dash to win. I, I just feel like he's the safest bet in the race, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does make sense. And the stable, Matt Craven, um, uh, I think Lower everything line. he's throwing a, a, <laughs> a yoke on at the moment is just flying, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Even
0: the flying um, pan.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, this horse has got the gates, but as you say, he can put himself into the race and no doubt will be hard to beat. Um, the stable mates are scratching. We better believe it's been taken out, number six. I was pretty keen on Platinum Stride. I, I thought yeah. it's a race that really suits him. He was terrific last start. Um, it, it's, even though it's a second row draw, I think it's a better draw uh, for him. The son of Captain Treacherous, he had that Mildura win where he beat Leap Reader. Really, that form is re- excellent for a race of this type. Um, and the Ballarat run, as I said, it was terrific after doing a bit of work. So he is my each-way play Platinum Stride. Uh, race one, horse number two. Uh, with sweet passion, horse that can really find a spot in the early part. Celestia is going really well and can get out of the gate pretty quickly. It's a chance of holding up from there. Uh, but either way, it should get a nice enough run. And uh, the six, uh, in the uh, now that it's been scratched, I've uh, put major man bar. If you're thinking that um, Celestia Matuka can hold up in a forward spot, and look, it could be behind the leader, it could be... Leader, and if that's the case, Major Man Bar is going to get a soft enough run, and I think that'll suit him, so he's the other one I've got at the mix. But I was keen each way on 10 platinum stride. My numbers are 10, 3, 1, and 8.
0: Ten, three, 1, and 8 for you, Dan. And uh, the other one you could throw in, Nilly, was, for me, Modern Bliss. I think he'll go back to the pegs. If Celestio Matusa held up at the start... Modern bliss at $9 from three back defence isn't the most ridiculous play either if it becomes totally pegs dominated and if I was playing. Trifectas and first fours, uh, I'd certainly be throwing Modern Bliss in for a placing. He's racing ultra consistently, which is not like him. He normally races, he's normally got nines and eights and ones in his form, but at the moment his form's actually really consistent. Modern Bliss for dual code trainer uh, Ash Wharton, who does a wonderful job with his horses. The other one, if, if Sweet Passion was to cross Silesio Matusa and hand up to something, would that potentially be what did you say? And, and I think, then he could run a race. If he got to the fence after, to the lead after 200 metres, I think he could run a race. His form, when he's led, he won a Wangaratta Cup, which I reckon you might have even called when he led at uh, Wang yeah. and won that race. And when he gets to the front, he's a much better horse. What did you say?
1: Yeah, look, he, he's got a bit of gate speed and he's got mm. a, a barrier draw after a couple of backline draws. In fact, four of his last five starts have been backlined. So mm. I think they'll be trying to push forward, um, at least sit up without cover. He's often in that spot. And you're right, he, he might... Um, I don't think he's going badly, even though figure form... Yeah. Might put a question mark on it, but a lot of the times from back row draws and working hard, trying to get to the death. So he's one that you can factor in. He'll be at good odds. Um, Cemetery Bay is another one. Might need a bit yeah, of luck hard yeah. to work out where he gets from the draw. And, and obviously post-game has got plenty of ability, but being first up, always have that little query on them when they're in the, uh, in the metropolitan class races. But I think he's got the ability to be able to win this, just depending on how forward he is or how much um uh, racing he would need to get to his top but he's the other one that you can't afford to uh, uh, rule out of being a chance
0: race 2 at Melton is the city of Mel- Melton my lightning blue free for all uh, scratching is the 6 he's the son of a gun he wasn't happy with the gate 6 as many craven uh, he it's an interesting race this and i've already made the case a little bit for interest free and i did it on twitter last night he, his last half in the free for all last week was the fastest last half of the race, and the fastest last quarter. He dashed home in 25.9, and it's so significant when you draw on the pole. And I think he probably ends up on the leader's back, who I think should be where's the gold. I think he's got enough speed, interest free to hold up. Uh, two, and I thought, well, maybe that was an anomaly. I went back, I had a look two starts back, and in that catch a wave, Bucky in race, his last quarter was 26.3, and catch a wave's last quarter was 26.5. Now. We're over the seventeen twenty. Catch a Wave's going to have to do some work to get around to the chair. There's going to be a bit of speed on. And I just think interest-free off the leader's back, off what he did last week, if people go back and watch the replay, geez, he got to the line really good. And I just think uh, he's he's a great chance. I thought he was huge overs. I actually spoke to Glenn, uh, Glenn Douglas last night, and I said to Glenn, I just want to know one thing from you, Glenn. Has he still got four legs, the horse? And he said, yes. And he said, Toby, I think you're barking up the right tree. I think he's a great chance uh, Saturday night. Dan, how do you see the race? We spoke about this Wednesday night. It's a tough race for catch-a-wave to win over the 17.20 outside second row at Melton.
1: Look, there's no doubt about that. It's interesting that the race is on uh, at 6 o'clock. What... Um, and, and the other highlight, the last storm at 6.30. Do you know why they're on that early? I mean, I, I'm trying to work out uh, why.
0: I, I think they were the original plan. They looked at the football and said, well, let's get them on before the football starts. Because there's a big drop off at sort of 7.40 at night, I, I believe, on betting. This, this, when I was at Trotskos Victoria all those years ago, that certainly was the case when football was on the betting really dropped off at about 7.40 or 7.20 when the football started. So I think initially that was the thoughts. And then, of course, the uh, World Cup soccer game's on at 5 o'clock. So,
1: but uh, it was always going to be on at 5 o'clock.
0: Yeah. So, um, my, that, look, I won't knock anyone because they, they've at least tried something.
1: And let's Well, they haven't tried we... hard enough, have they? Really? There's going to be more people watching that um, the Matildas match at 5 o'clock. Uh, then they will be watching the footy game. I don't care what anyone says. It'll be, both of them are extremely popular. But, yeah, um, it, it, I just scratch my head sometimes. Um, that fixture for the Australia, the Matildas playing at 5 o'clock on Saturday, that's been available and you would have been aware of from Sunday. I mean, you don't have to be Einstein to have worked that out. So I'm a little perplexed at that. I, if that's the reasoning for the Carlton-Melbourne game to schedule in that time, and be ignorant to uh, probably the biggest soccer match in Australia, certainly in the women, but they, they get the viewers uh, to to be ignorant of that. Um, you know, I'm a bit embarrassed.
0: Yeah, look, as I say, if we keep trying things, I'm happy to keep trying things and we're going to get some right and, and of course, they're going to get some wrong as well. So uh, do you think Catch a Wave can win or not?
1: Well, I think he can, but you know I'm open. he's still got improvement to come naturally. He's not going to be screwed down one hundred percent. he's he's there to peak on Saturday, the second of September, but it's it's the race where I think he can win. Uh, but he's going to have to work a little bit. Will he be vulnerable, will he be vulnerable in the last fifty metres potentially? Um but I can't tip against him. Uh, I just can't come up with a good enough case for something to beat him, but there are horses there that you'd be very wary of. So uh for me he's the the top pick. Um what price are we looking at, um Toby?
0: Uh race two Melton, dollar thirty and a dollar oh six. It's just unders for me. I oh, I couldn't take mm. him at a dollar thirty compared to interest free at two ninety the place.
1: Oh, well that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah. And the draw for interest free would make a big difference. I mean you've got bulletproof boy there that sometimes you can fly off the arm or, or not. I, I could never really read it. Yeah. Um Where's the gold showed that I think he'll be right up to the to the top level with his last start performance. Has had a bit of a gap since. Better isolate uh, with the stable going so well, and we know how good this horse is. Um, he, he he's got to be a factor to run in the in the placings, doesn't he? Um, so I've tipped eleven, eight, one, and five. Um, but catch a wave. It's interesting at a dollar thirty whether he could just drift out a little bit to make it juicy and attractive. Uh, or firm up into a price that you probably really don't want to have much to do with. But it is catch a wave and um, if uh, he, he just has to be better than his first up run. If you stop the video at the at the 100 metre mark, it's a soft, soft win, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and then you were yeah. just in for a bit of a surprise or, or perhaps a nightmare depending on whether you backed it or not over the concluding stages. But he's the miracle mile. He's a multiple group one winner. Um, and for a reason, so I've, uh, I've I can't tip against him. That that's probably the best way I can put it. Eleven eight one and five.
0: Eleven eight one five. So I'm glad to see you got interest free in your top four at least. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, look, if you if you, I, I think you win, catch a wave. But I I just thought interest free was the value in the race and a great each way play. And if uh, he holds up on the leaders back, it'd be very very hard to hold out of winning the race. And hard to hold out of a placing. Let's get a break away. We'll clear our final commitment for this little half-hour segment. We'll come back and we'll talk the uh, three-year-old race, which is an intriguing event, and I've got real question marks around the lost storm, and, and there's just three things about it which really raise uh, question marks for me, and I don't know. I think he might be a little bit of unders. A break. Back the other side with a download the tab app, three-year-old pace. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonnington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back, Friday Form Panel. Toby McKinnon and Dan Malecki with you. And race three at Melton, the three-year-old race. It's an intriguing affair, this. And, well, I suppose there's two real big question marks on the Lost Storm for me, Dan. He's $1.10 and $1.04. This certainly isn't his grand final. He's got the Eureka in a few weeks. He's never won when he hasn't led. He's 10 from 10 in front and two for two placings when he hasn't led. Son of Mac for Kyle Marshall. I think this is going to be a statement piece for him. I think he's really going to want to win this race. Uh, I can't see the Lost Storm bullying his way to the front mid-race. I think Son of Mac will end up getting there. Cheers to Lou will probably lead initially. Then you've got horses like Louis Louis and Final Collect. I'm staggered at the odds of final collect 81 and six, Louis Lai 26 and two eight. If they go hard up front, they'll be coming home hard. I think this race is not a 10 dollar for the Lost Storm. How did you see it?
1: It's a really good race, and you make yeah. a terrific point. Um, because Son of Mac, if you just isolate Son of Mac, each start that we've seen him. He's been there running time. I, I just can't imagine him going 33 second quarters. Can you? He no. just He's allowed to run along. He runs really good mile rates. Um, and every horse that's been sitting outside of him generally doesn't get close. Um, it's the place you don't want to be. I mean, the Lost Storm's not going to be out of it sitting parked, but they will run fast time. Judging on what we've seen of uh, Son of Mac, they, the Lost Storm might have to sit parked to go 154 or maybe even quicker. Um, is he good enough to do it? Yes. yes. Uh, would he have to be screwed right down to yes. do it? Probably. Probably. Yes. Um, so, you're right. I th- it's not going to be exposing any chinks in the lost storm, but he could well have a really hard, tough run. Um, and that's fine. I think he's up to it. He would have had that little freshen up after the Queensland derby. and um, I think he's a freaky talent. There's, there's no doubt about that. You don't need me to say that. I think he's highlighted for everyone to see. But Son of Mac's a very, very good horse. Um, he's beaten some older horses this preparation and he's four starts in Australia. He's got the Group 1 form in New Zealand. He's, without a doubt, he's up to the top level. Um, so he um, he's going to make it really interesting. This is going to be a terrific race to watch. And the Lost Storm, probably there's no other way uh, to look at the race other than see him sit park because I don't think Son of Mac would hand up or you might find a period of the race where the Lost Storm really puts it the son of Mac and they reel off yeah, some 27.5 yeah. quarter, you know, um, to make it really interesting. And to be truthful, I think both horses are good enough to do that and still keep going. The Lost Storm's barrier two on the back row, so he could follow through behind Cheers to Lou. He, he could actually be in front of uh, half of the field or more going into that first turn because Cheers to is a quick beginner, I think a really good chance to get to the pegs first. And then, son of Mac, you would think would tackle him, and and probably cheers to lou would relent, but the Lost Storm could well be right up there. So I think it's an intriguing race. Looking forward to it. But I've put nine on top of six, uh, seven, and eight. Nine, six, seven, eight.
0: Yeah, nine, six, seven, eight. And just for people to think about, as we're thirty seconds from the news, in the two hundred thousand dollar harness million two year old race. Final Collector ran fourth. Son of Mac beat him home by two metres and in the $100,000 size stakes. Final Collector in seventh and Son of Mac ran 11th. Uh, there's big discrepancies in their price though. Final collect $81, Son of Mac $5.50. There was nothing between him as two-year-olds in New Zealand. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side. Welcome back to the Friday Forum panel and a very special guest. We haven't managed to track him down, unfortunately, so we're stuck with Darren Carroll. Darren, how are you, mate?
2: Yeah, good, thanks, Toby. I don't mind being uh, being second best here today.
0: Yeah, well, Dan, uh, the guest was going to be a guy by the name of Cliff Woods. Do you know Cliff?
1: Uh, I want to say yes, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, you do. He trained a winner in 1985 in New Zealand, a horse by the name of Ahemo Flow. His next winner was in 2003, <laughs> a horse called Wishes Come True, who won at its first start as a six year old and had four starts across four different years. It retired to start. It had two foals, and one of those raced as an eight-year-old. In 2006, he got his third winner in his career. He trained horses right up to 2021. It was a horse called Finney's First. It won at uh, Omar Rilled at second start as a five-year-old uh, and had one foal who had one start as an eight-year-old. And you'd say, as far as breeding goes, why would you have someone on that only had three winners over all those years? But, Dan, I think you might know why I was so keen to get Cliff Woods on today.
1: Well, I, I heard you mention the, the moniker Waihemo and my ears <laughs> pricked up.
0: Well, he bred a horse. He had a mare called Waihemo Dell who was unraced. She had foals for the Crichtons from 84 to 91. She didn't have a foal for four years when Cliff must have acquired her. And her first foal for Cliff was a 1995 horse by Strap Hanger, uh, who we'll go back to in a second. There was four more foals, and only one of those raced for nine unplacings. In all that time, he bred one really good horse, and the horse's name was, of course, Waihimo Hanger.
1: And I'm looking at all the photos adorning my office. I've got... uh... I've got about nine Wahimo hanger photos here. He's <laughs> uh, he's been the pride of joy, pride and joy of any uh, thoroughbred or harness horse I've ever had, and I've had a couple of good thoroughbreds, but he was clearly the best in my eyes. And. If he hadn't have broken down when he did, um, mm. you know, I dare say that he could have won something even uh, more special than what he did. So he was a great horse for us. And it's a pity you couldn't have got Cliff. I would have loved to have uh, shaken his hand via the telephone.
0: <laughs> I know. So you've never spoken to him. He bred the horse. do you? No. Re- and do you recall how you got him? Uh, uh, Garrick Knight rec- thought that there was a story around that Mark Purden went and drove him in a workout, the horse, and purchased mm. him out of the workout.
1: I um, naturally when Mark was coming over all the time and he had pride of petite and, and particularly Buster Hanover. Buster Hanover was the one that made me want to get a trotter. Yeah. And and I said to Mark, I want a Buster Hanover. And uh, it was about, oh, it was a good year later before he called me back. It might have been 18 months. It was a fair while later. Yeah. And he said, look, I think I might have got one for you. And, and that's what it was. He went down south to drive it and you know, he sort of said, it's got a little hitch in its gait. He said, but I really, really like it. And um, he, uh, he didn't race for us until he was four, but I think he won seven of his first nine starts. He just charged through the classes. Yeah. Uh, I think the only horse that had ever done it quicker was uh, a, a trotter called Miranai, um, who was uh, high quality a, a decade or so prior. But, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of how it started off. It was my wish, and... Um, and Mark answered my request and and come up with what I wanted to be a, a Buster Hanover.
0: And that just shows, he, yeah. Go, go, Darren. What what was his biggest race win,
2: Dan?
1: He won the uh, New Zealand Trotting Championship. Mm, he sat okay. in the death uh, and beat Take a Moment and Game Bid. Oh, yeah. uh, the the best Game Bid had won the Inter Dominion and beat La uh three weeks prior. Yep, yep. Um, he won the Ordeal Cup uh, the year before, or uh, well, two years prior, to being been won by Lyle Creek. Uh, he won the New Zealand uh, Feature Trot on New Zealand Cup Day, so the big day, New Zealand wow. Cup Day. I yeah. got a winner. He won the Feature Trot and beat a horse called Dependable, uh, and a number of other uh, Open Class uh, wins. Um, Unfortunately, stand start performances weren't that great. He won from the stand, but when he had his opportunity in row cups and Dominion handicaps, and he didn't have that many because he he broke down as a five-year-old, so, um, so he, he five- year old, so he missed away a couple of times. Down. Sorry,
2: just, just just five when he broke down and never raced after
1: that. Yeah, he he runs second in the uh, New Zealand Trot on the Friday um yep. he got they ran a world record he sat in the death seat um and a horse called last sunset i'm sure you guys would remember really well got the sprint lane and beat him by a short half head um they ran a world record it was probably attributable to the leader and, and my bloke sitting in the death but he pulled up with an issue uh an attendant and, tendon, and uh, he was out for a couple of years after that we tried to bring him back but as you would well know it's it's never usually the same and it wasn't I brought him over to Australia, got Stephen and Sue Dove to try and look after him. They yep. did a great job to get him back to the track. And we ran in a number of Group 1 races after that. But um, it was, uh, as I said, we, you know, the best of him was uh, was during that, that short sort of 18-month period.
0: Well, Dan, Dan you can imagine what i was trying, been trying to do the last 24 hours here. <laughs> yeah. It would have been... A very special interview, I think. If you've never met him, and to talk to Cliff, but what what I'll do is, if I do manage to get hold of him, maybe we can tee it up. You can come back and join me to to interview him. At, uh, it'll be next. It's Breeders' Week this week, but I still think it'd be great to chat yeah. to him.
1: Yeah, look, he has some fantastic stories. Sounds like he's a very patient man, <laughs> uh, judging by some of the <laughs> the ages of the horses and what races that they were having, but. Um, and Strap Hanger at the time, too. I'd never really heard of the sire. Yeah. Um, and I think he ended up getting owned over here in, in Victoria or might have been yeah, purchased he did, afterwards. Be, yeah. And the other top trotter uh, that even Wahema Hanger would uh, meet uh, met in the, the, the Australia versus New Zealand, uh, highly billed Bill Collins mile, La Cooker was in it. And, uh, and also a horse called Sterling Kiwi, who was top notch over here, and he was by a Strap yeah, Hanger yeah. as well.
2: Hamilton so, doing kiwi yeah
0: yep well um he has changed his numbers recently so hopefully all is well with cliff because well hopefully that's
1: the only thing that hasn't changed oh uh, <laughs> you know that...
0: yeah and he like to' trained horses from 1985 to 2021 and have three winners is an amazing journey and amazing story in itself. If you ask me and he bred, he bred mm. many, ho- many of those horses he raced, he bred well, all of them. And the only one I ever found that he ever sold, he only ever sold one. And it was Wahima Hanger. So if I can get hold of him, we'll tee it up then and I'll get you to join yeah. me and, and, and we'll chat the cliff maybe next week. It'll be a great interview. I've got, we've got Darren on to get some tips for Bendigo tonight have a bit of a look at Bendigo tonight, Darren. Firstly, before we get to your runners that you'll be really keen on, uh, give us, uh, give us your best bets for, Tonight at Bendigo?
2: Yeah, I was probably more keen on Mildura today because bendigo yeah. a fair few shorties. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but um, Bendigo tonight because that's the main meeting. Um, I was really keen on Bay of Biscay, but he's a really short price now. Um, but um, I really like this horse. It's a, clearly a two horse race between him and the big boss. Probably a little bit of a battle early for the, the early lead, but big boss will find the front and then. Um, James Herbertson will get around to the death at some stage and they'll pour it on from the 800 and we'll see very, very good two-year-olds. But I think we'll see probably the best one we've seen so far this year in this Biscay. It be too good, but it's a good thing's price. If I was having another bet early in the card, um, you know I'm a fan. I know you're a fan of Prince of Rock. Uh, so race three, number seven, I've got one in the race, but um, Prince of Rock would be really hard to beat. I think you we'll reckon? find the front.
0: Logan nah. um, <laughs> like like back will be back tonight and it'll be too good for him.
2: All right, well, we'll see. I'll be walking
0: Have a over. bet
1: on it, guys. <laughs> I'm not Come on, make it interesting for everyone listening. Make it interesting. Come I'm on, a allowed. challenge.
0: We, we're probably going to go up together, so if the locomotive wins, one of us might be getting the train home. <laughs> <laughs> the locomotive, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the thrill, Darren, you've got three in across the night. Uh, my personal jet in race three, uh, the $125,000 three-alt trottings and Gelding's Nutrient Equine Classic, uh, sponsored by Harass the Trotters. And then you've got two fillies off the back row, in the three-year-old fillies, Ludicrous and Frenwood Miracle.
2: Yeah, so for a start, um, my personal jet, he ran in the two-year-old version of it at Menangle last year in his first start. So yeah. he's been a ripper. Like he's um, just a versatile. If, if, if you've seen him, he's a giant. Um, he looks like a giraffe the way he walks around. So he's still growing into himself. Um, but honest performer, um, these are a good batch. So, um, I said in he'd run fifth and I'd be happy if he ran fifth. Um, I'd be delighted if he ran fifth or better tonight. Um, you know, being realistic, he's uh, probably a little bit less than, than those ones, but uh, we're having some fun with him. And just to be involved in a $125,000 race is a massive thrill in itself. So so that's the trotter. And, and then, you know... To think that I bought shares in two horses um, when they come through the yearling sales. You know, that's probably a couple of days after the yearling sales. I got contacted, would you like some shares in some horses? And I said, yeah, I'll take a share in each of those. Um, And then to think that, you know, you go back and wind the clock forward and I've got two horses in, you know, a $100,000 race. It's just amazing. And they've done a great job, both of them. um, And more to come. But, um, gee... Not sure whether Ox was picking the marbles out in the head office, but 9 and 10,
0: that's a bit harsh, wasn't it? Uh, What, you were 90 to 1 for that to happen?
2: (laughs) Yeah, probably. I'll have to get the stats
1: on that, but, uh, yeah, a bit harsh. Uh, Yeah, you you were getting a few more phone calls. If you said that you received a few more phone calls and you couldn't say no, I'd be careful now. The phone's going to be running off the (laughs) hook. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Yeah. It, definitely... it already has, <laughs> Dan, don't worry about that. <laughs> I've got far too many, you know what it's like
1: i do unfortunately and we work hard to to try to support all of our, our animals don't we and it's getting harder and harder so good luck tonight they're big prize money races and these races you know we're getting the breeders bonuses and it's important they can fulfill the optimum position because uh, it takes a lot of money to look after them through the course of the year and when you're breeding them and the like so i wish whoever gets the big slice of the check all the very best there they deserve it no matter who it is
2: yeah it's a sorry you go
0: no you go Darren and then I'll ask I've got one more question for you
2: yeah look and I love the fact that I've got three in tonight and then with three different trainers um, mm. and totally different groups of people so the um, Friendwood Miracle for instance is owned by the Mallee Racing Group um, Toby and Dan which is um, oh there must have been about 100 people in that so that's massive in itself but um, here's a Oh, you riding club got together and put through a, uh, a syndicate with a hundred people that you know chucked in a few dollars,
0: and they've got one in a hundred thousand dollar race. And lay of the night, Darren, the priestess, like she's definitely under the odds at the price she is. And Mary's Mac beat her. What would you do, Toby? Lay
2: of the place, lay of mate. The place,
0: a lay yeah. of the place, would not you? A lay of the place. If she does, if she makes a mistake yeah, under pressure like she did last week, she go She she's got to run top two to place. She's she's the lay of the night, the place.
2: Yeah, she got rocky didn't she? So, mm. um yeah, yeah yeah, She um you know, like to see they've got a massive group of owners. Um, I saw them they've both races she's had at Kilmore, they've been a big crowd because they've come along. So David Reese Jones in the ownership of that one, Dean. So, um so got some football royalty in that one, so
1: yeah, you're not Ooh. wrong. I saw a couple of horses last night. No, it was it Wednesday night. I think looking at the the, the initials, it uh, could have been Troy Corsons and Paul Prusker in the ownership yes. of one of the o- Cravens Yeah, there, Oora. So. Oora.
0: You're correct, Dan. That is correct. That, that is those, those uh, galloping thoroughbred connections. Darren, I'll uh, speak to you soon after the show, mate, and we'll sort out how we're getting to, uh, to Bendigo and which one of us will be catching the locomotive or which one of us will be taking your personal <laughs> jet home. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's too good for you, Toby. That's very good. <laughs> oh, All right. Thanks, guys. Donnie, Andy Gath, the text from Andy, don't encourage him, Darren. His joke's about enough. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't even have to type that out. I can say it for you, Andy. Let's get to a breakdown. We've got a few to get through at Melton. Uh, we'll come back the other side, and we'll get stuck into races four, five, six, and maybe even seven in the next segment. Welcome back. Toby McKinnon with you. I was right. in from Andy Gath just said, I was mid-text. Race four at Melton on Saturday night. The Harness Breeders, Victoria, Amarillan Matriarch, Pace, Heat 1. And I think uh, Rikiro Rebel, Dam was terrific last preparation. She's had some really tough runs. I know she didn't win any. She's had that gap. Come back really, really strong. Looks really good. I saw her live at uh, Yarra Valley, I think it was. Jeez, it's a blur for me at the minute. Uh, I think she'll bully her way to the front. I thought Ruby Wingate was one at value. I think Duffy will try and get to the lead. Heavenly Brigade's so slow out, he should be able to spear across, get to the pegs, hand up to Rikiro Rebel. And that looked a Quinella to me, four from three. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I I think Rikiro Rebel just jumped out at me, it was a dominant yeah. win at Geelong. Geelong you know, sometimes when you look at a horse and you just have one tiny little query and sometimes that 0.1 comes back to bite you on the gluteus <laughs> maximus yeah. and a lot of uh um, rikiro ribbles racing has been over the shorter courses um she did run second in a 2600 meter race but they didn't really expose it too much over uh some staying trips i i think a a long enough distance form is is, is okay so i'm worth uh, taking the risk with, but her two wins over here have been mm. over the mile pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just remember that Melton run there that, um, just closed up a little bit in the last little bit, but I, it's probably a better horse now. Yeah. Um, and couldn't have been more impressive, uh, winning at Geelong. It, it stood out, you know, when you look at a race meeting, something stands out and you think, oh, at least there's one race, you know, that was easy to work out seemingly. And, and I thought it was this race yeah. Rikiro Rebel on top. Um, and it, and it stood out. Uh, Norm's lady's going really well. When it gets a good barrier draw, um, it, uh, it can offer a real threat. I think it can be dangerous enough from the gate. Uh, nine red tricks and three ruby wingate. She's pretty consistent. She's probably a mare that should have won more races than what she has uh, because she's competed really well against some quality opposition right through her career. So she can run top four as well, four, six, nine and three
0: and the other one Kenny's butterfly certainly can run home in the 3rd yep. or 4th from four back the pegs if you're playing, for sure. yeah if you're playing those sort of exotics and she'll put a little bit of value in race 6 a race that uh, Steve Cleave was re- very keen on Major Grace but I'm still not convinced and maybe it's those 25 starts in New Zealand for no wins and five placings that keep sort of nagging at the back of my mind do you think she just wins like Steve Cleve, Dan or there's a Beach Memories a pretty nice horse and let's rock let's roll Ultimate Vinny a sort of in grade they go really well at this level Finn Frost is a good horse who if he could get to the pegs and get a cheap run would be dangerous There's a few more chances in this race than it looks initially.
1: Well, there's one less chance I can tell you there is actually one less chance. It's scratching
0: you. It doesn't come through. Beach
1: yeah. Memories has been scratched oh, so. That change, um, seems- Hence why Mark Pitt was down four for both runners. Um, I don't think it necessarily makes it any easier here. Um, Ultimate Vinny could lead. I think if Ultimate Vinny gets to the pegs, he could offer a terrific chance. Whiskey Cavalier uh, got back, just never got into it. It was a forgivable run last start, Uh, just never able to get into the race uh, in that I think uh, win, uh, and they came home in 54-3. I mean, you really can't make yeah. much ground there. You can go to... You could run 54-3, which it probably did, uh, without really making up any ground and coming wide to do it. So, Whiskey Cavalier and Major Grace, I mean, i, I got a lot of respect for the form that she's in. And and uh, and the other one is pull the other leg, who's a quick beginner, that if Ultimate Vinny did cross initially, I mean, you've got Mighty Flying Art, he's got Gate Speed, but if Ultimate Vinny... Uh, did get to the front. You've got pull the other leg is the other one that come off the gate really quickly. I think there's a few scenarios here where every horse in the race has got some chance. Uh, let's rock, let's roll. Naturally, the harder they go, um, the more it'll be suited and the small field helps its cause as well. Yeah. I found it tough, but I'm putting four on top uh, of uh, three, six and five. Not sure I got it right. A lot will depend on... Uh, who's able to get to the pegs first. If in the case of Ultimate Vinny, if he doesn't get to the pegs, his chances lessen. Uh, probably similar with pull the other leg, although I don't think he has to. I mean, Andy was uh, willing enough to run him in the, 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 the high-level free-for-all last week, the Maestro. So the horse is going well. And naturally, Major Gray still going through the classes, but going through them really quickly. And Whiskey Cavalier, as I said, just total forgive last week, I'd love to put them all on top, but four, three, six, and five, and um, you know, you mentioned Finn Frost and and Let's Rock, Let's Roll. There, are others with a chance. I don't think Mighty Flying Art can win, but yeah, it place. could still place.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and I, I was thinking Finn Frost was a great place chance, but it was seven in the race and only paying top two, I'm not so keen on. I'd want to see what what odds he was. There's nothing up at the moment for the place. If he could get eight, nine dollars, then yes, but. Three dollars, four dollars, then no. So, um, my tip there is fire Dan because he seems to have more confidence than I do in the race. So, I'll go <laughs> four, three, six, and five. Uh, the next race, I am very confident in Dan. Race six, this just is a beacon. I oh, this horse is absolutely flying. Zarem, will it win the race? No, no, it won't. Will he's all muscle lead? Yes. Will Zarem be on his back? Yes. And ran third in this race, Heaton final last year. He's going terrifically well. He sits on the back of He's All Muscle. He's $9 the place. He ran through the Inter-Dominion series terrifically well. He is the place bet of the night at $9 Uh, Zarem. He's All Muscle, very hard to beat. But, yeah, please give me pegs, pegs, pegs. And they absolutely fly in the last 800 in the Winter Trotters Cup final
1: you know i reckon barrier one could be a trick for he's all muscle egret beat it out last start egret's clearly a a quicker beginner i think unless there's something in he's All muscle they're willing to press the button on here but if egret led bigger field i mean he's all muscle it's easy to say might you know quickly get crossed move get into clear running whip around into the front and that's a really likely scenario but um, I I just don't know whether you'd want to take the risk at that sort of price and expect that that would happen. But I I would think Egret would cross. I'm confident Egret would cross at the start. Now Egret might have a penchant to uh, to take the trail as as what happened last start. Um, just it's a little query I've got. I was very impressed with Love Gun last week for a horse that sort of wanted to keep hanging in. I thought his mm. turn of foot's terrific. He's come back lengths better. I know he always showed a lot, but He's going oh absolutely super at the moment. So I'm tipping Love Gun each way here, number four, from six Egret, one He's All Muscle, and and Zaram at 71 and nine, look, it's gotta be worth a dollar a win, four dollars a place type ratio, I, I, nine dollars a place. Even if He's All Muscle does get crossed, yeah. they might be trying to get off the pegs anyway. If it does do the retake, Zaram could be three pegs. Yeah. Um. And if that's the case, the $9, you'd be happy to take it and see if it's going to try and fight out third or fourth. But I was just a little worried at the start that that there's enough traffic there that could make it interesting for he's all muscle or maybe that extra pressure that's put on it to try and begin uh, better. Horse is absolutely flying, that's obvious. It's rightly the favourite, but uh, I'd just be a little uh have a little worry about barrier one i i I was impressed with love gun he's hard and fit now i reckon uh he's obviously a good sit sprinter and um with improvement to come out of his last run i suspect as well so four six one and eight so
0: this is the sulky app uh winter trotters cup final and using the sulky app if you haven't go and have a look at it you can look at this race the, the really important thing to look at for me is the gate speed and the 7PL, which is uh, the first seven seconds of, of each start. They measure how, how many lengths they run. On average, He's All Muscle averages 25 lengths in the first seven seconds, Egret 25.3. So Egret gets out 0.3 of a length quicker than He's All Muscle now. Naked Ambition, Over and Out, Love Gun and Caivelli Piero are all between 24-8 and 25-3 as well. So eager, if they all come out as per the Sulky app, which I use and is so accurate, that's going to be a very even front line. The horse with with a length on them is actually tipsy-turvy, the widest w- runner, but I don't think he's going to charge the gate and work across the front. So uh, I beg to differ. We disagree Dan, but that's okay. That's what the punt is all about. And the I think he's all muscle leads. I think Zaram settles uh, on the leader's back and the three back defence. Then whoever gets on a Zaram's back is an intriguing spot. Uh, hello, Ryan Sanderson, how you going? If you're listening, anywhere Hugo, six dollars the place. Uh, Ryan, if you have, if he's all muscle leads and Zaram's leader's back and. You can get three back the fence with anywhere Hugo. How are you going, Ryan? Not giving you advice. You're a much better driver than I am, but that would be a great spot to be in uh, for multiple players. Let's get to a break, Dan, and we'll come back after the news. We've got, uh, what have we got three more races to get through, seven, eight, nine at Melton. We'll get some best bets from you and a multi as well. You were red, red hot last week.
1: You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit GamblingHelpOnline.org.au.
0: Welcome back, Friday form panel. Toby McKinnon, Dan Malecki. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. That's what it's all about. Dan, I'm interested, so interested in your thoughts here on Race 7 and then I'll give you mine. You weren't
1: interested in the previous
0: race. <laughs> why Why now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said. We're we allowed to disagree. That's fine. That's, uh, oh, no, absolutely. And, and, and I, I the, encourage it. And there'll be a text after the race one way or the other. That, that's fine. Uh, I'm not there tomorrow night. I'm so busy I can't remember whether I'm Arthur or Martha at the moment. But... Uh, I'll be interested in your thoughts on this, and then I'm going to present to you something different in your language, which you're going to understand, which I won't understand, but I'll hear from you first here. Race seven, pride's easy feed, Maori's idol trot.
1: Right, Maori's idol. Uh, You know, there are people that I know that are pro (laughs) uh, 99% thoroughbred people, and they will say to me, uh, I know a couple of them, that would say Maori's idol is the best uh, horse they've ever seen of either code. Yeah. Uh, he, he amazing horse I was a little kid I remember being there at the grand final uh, when he got beaten in the inter Dominion but I did see him race live as a kid I would have been you know anywhere seven eight nine years old at the time and uh, he was amazing horse to look at an amazing trotter and people that I know today and and really respect talk about him as if he is the greatest ever. Um so when you see the name Mary's Idol I'm sure a lot of people in harness racing either grew up with it depending on the generation or you've heard his name uh but he he is uh he is an icon godlike <laughs> Mary's Idol what an amazing horse and and I got to know um, uh, Brian Healy a bit later on, particularly when he had something about Maori and he come over to New Zealand with me. And um, you know, he had success by winning the Inter Dominion with Maori's Idol, and I think it completed his life. And uh, and of Maori, course, he's yeah. had success with Pinkalas, but um, Maori's Idol was just something else. He beat, I remember one day he beat the paces in the, the Hamilton, Hamilton Cup 50 by meters. about forty <laughs> meters. <laughs> yeah. it was unbelievable. <laughs>
0: He, he ran second in the Blacks of fake for Pacers. Uh, yep. Rick Van Winkle beat him, who was something like 49 wins from 80 starts. So yeah. for people in the modern big Beat era, pale face Adios. Yeah. That'd be like <laughs> running second to Swayze and beating home Leap to Fame as a
1: trotter. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and this amazing. is what Mary's Idol did. And that those days, they were going right-handed. They yeah. were going the, yeah. the Auckland the way, way. Yeah. at Albion Park, yeah. Yeah, staggering. Amazing horse. Um, this is a good race. Um, I right, Look, I'm not sure. I can give a lot of horses chances. I, I have little queries. Olavici's first up, yep. as good as he is. Vacation Hilton, I just don't know where she's at. She's quick and the distance suits. Sleepy's had a couple of runs back from a spell now, um, so she might be ready. Nephew of Sunoco was solid last start. Chinese Whisper, you just don't know what you're gonna get. You may as well just flip a coin and you know, work out before you flip it what you do uh, with him. Branlow Prince is fitter, courage stride. Look, he's got plenty of ability, awkward draw, bullion harry. Which Bullion Harry's going to turn up? I don't know. You know what he's capable of doing, and one overall uh, is probably better suited on the back line, to be truthful. So yeah. uh, that draw is not too bad for him. I think it's it's difficult uh, race. Clearly, it's difficult. I'm not sure if I've got it right. I think the draw can suit Sleepy. I thought she was some some hope of leading, but not guaranteed. Vacation Hill's the quick beginner, and over the short may not be uh, wanting to to hand up either. Sleepy's not a one trick pony, but. I thought it was tough. I've gone three, uh, two, four, and nine. And, and, and as I said, it's probably a leg where you can take what you might have an inkling for in your quaddy and then maybe take field. It's a good, even field. The barrier draw and where they're at in their preparations make it so even. It's a
0: 1720 metre race, this. Olavici's never won over the short. He's a cox plate horse. Uh, Branlow Prince I think is going to have an amazing campaign, he's a Caulfield Cup horse one overall is best over the Melbourne Cup distance they were probably in my opinion the three best horses in the race and I was left looking for something that's a a miler and really uh, the horse I come up with was Nephew Sonoko, he led in a heat of the Inter Dominion over the mile and he won on that occasion and his last six starts over the short trip, he's won two of them. He won a Noopy Kiosk over 17.20 and 156. So I landed on Nephew of Sonoko. He's had a bit of hard in week in, week out racing or fortnightly racing. I think I've le- I've landed on him as as my play in the race, but without a huge amount of conviction. But I'd be happy to have him go around at $9.00. If it was over 22.40 metres, I would have been looking at Brandlow Prince and one overall. And... Uh, as the best chances in the race, but uh, there's not a horse in that race that I'd be s- surprised if they won. I can't understand how Bramway Prince is the outsider in the race at $23, except for the fact that uh, he's a Caulfield Cup horse. Race eight, Dan, we've got to keep moving them along. There is the Catanar Jewelers' Melton Pace Final, and... Well, it's either a very simple race, this. Talk time works across a head of he's Ollie and he's just too good for them. But there's some real class off the second row in Key and Kamikaze, Nonpareal, Rockin' Rawalwa, Holy Basil, I am the captain, where's Seggy? So you're either map-based here or you're class-based or you've gone a little each way. How did you find it?
1: You know, I I was so impressed with talk time last week. I tend to think she's got the class uh, on what I saw. I know we we would consider her below that top level of the four-year-olds that Emma Stewart has got, but that was first up last week, 155-3, coming off the gate very quickly. Feel confident that uh, she can lead from barrier number two, sustained pressure. Um, It was such a win last week. I, I just can't look past her. I can't see anything coming from behind and beating her. And there's some nice horses in there. Where's Seggy, as great as he was last week, and I was in his camp last week, he's going to have to go to another level. I yeah. just don't know how they could beat talk time on what I saw last week. I'm treating her as if it was a more a or in Cypher in this. Um, yeah. I think yeah. she just has to win on what I saw last week. Uh, she's improved uh, 10 lengths, got the barrier draw, uh, and I think on that run last week, she's going to figure prominently through the Vic Brids or any, any race series that they head her to, Clearly on top, clearly on top. Um, from, well, this was the hard part, to try and work out the, the other placings. I think non Peril will be better for that run. Um, uh, and, and then uh, where's Seg, he's going to have to do a tough and 11-holy Basil, 2-9, 13-11. A lot of those horses on the second line are probably the dangers, but I've left out he's Ollie and he's he's likely to get the uh, yeah. the gun run. So I probably should have put him into my top four. He'll be my fifth pick, uh, if you know what I mean. He's probably a better... Uh, well, he's probably the best chance outside um, of some of the others of causing an upset. If talk time gets drilled, is vulnerable, and something comes through on the pegs late, it might be he's Ollie, but could not have been more impressed with talk time. I underrated her last week because she was first up, but that was some sort of a win, and I think she'll win again.
0: Off what you've said, I'll, I'll change my little tippy. I'll go a straight-out trifecta, 2-1-8. 2 talk time, beat he's Ollie and, and rock and roll wall from three back the fence to run third and become just a pegs-dominated event. It's either that or, or she gets beaten talk time and uh, they come from the back and God knows who could win out of all those classy animals I mentioned. Race 9, the HBV Amarillan Matriarch Pace Heat 2. Uh, it's, it doesn't seem as strong, this race, and the one bit of advice I will give everyone... Dream Maze, I spoke to Ellen McDonough twenty minutes after her last start at Kilmore. She galloped in one spot where there's a dark patch from the lights at Kilmore. There's a lot of dark patches from the lights at Kilmore. She galloped. I was gonna say which one was that? Uh, it was it not the not the the first one they get to in the back straight, Dan. It was the nineteenth one they get to in the back straight. And, and the real dark one, it's at about the 400-metre mark. And then that, he didn't know why she galloped. They come around the next time, and he was so ready for it. She, he could feel her looking at the dark patch, got to it, and tried to jump it. So she galloped twice on that occasion. He was adamant it was uh, that dark patch on the track. So I don't expect her to do that again. Two starts back at Warrigal, She was absolutely amazing. That's actually the second best I've ever seen a horse go at Warrigal. to be honest, behind... Uh, jane davie's really good horse captain Belisario when he won the eastern challenge and I've been on a lot of warrigal meetings. I think she'll just dominate and win a dollar seventy five uh, money for jam there yeah and...
1: in the in the uh the last event on the card i i look i, I tend to uh, agree with you um I, i'm I'm forgiving particularly now that you've explained it as well so mm. um interesting sort of a race though isn't it this um w- when you got well, now that you've identified a, a genuine reason, it does make a difference. Um, forgot the wallet? Is forgot the wallet a danger? I think so. Is it the main danger? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Nana was really good last week. I think she's much better horse when she's on the pegs, but she's going well. And and I think Orby's done enough in her career to suggest she's more than capable. How many starts has Orby had with the Douglases? Uh, one, I think. Yeah. So open to further improvement as well. So it might be the one then you can look at it at longer odds and think, well, you could be over the odds here because you might have more improvement to come. Out of your first up run, particularly with a new stable, but I'm a I'm 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 in Dream Mace's corner, but it's a dollar seventy five. It's at that sort of price that you could very easily uh, include in an all up, particularly yeah. being the latter part of the night. Or you come to the last race, and um, you know, depending on whether you're winning, you can have a, a heavier bet, or if you're losing, you're probably going <laughs> to look for that value. So yeah, yeah. Orby might be that value. So I, I've tipped five, six, three, and seven. Yeah.
0: Well, what did I end up? Yeah, five, six, seven. And then eight, and then I realised the three. If Nikki Nana gets to the pegs and hands up to Dream Maze, I think uh, it can certainly run second. So we're we're singing from the same hymn book there, at least Dan, for finally, uh, long last. And yeah, that that was uh, what Alan McDonough told me. Uh, it looked like that because I was there at the track. I saw it happen, and it, it just looked like that had happened. I went down. I asked him. He thought that had happened. I thought it had happened. So uh, it's pretty. If she had have won that race, I reckon she'd be about a dollar. 25 in this uh and well yeah. i
1: remember that there was a case member uh um rishi before he won the i think it was a smoking up sprint wasn't it in the race that ride high was in remember the huge upset that night yeah yeah and um uh, a couple of starts prior i remember it might have been the start prior but it was it was certainly in the lead up to that run and i, I was talking with john hawke the owner and and lance and they told me how the horse um made a mistake and went roughly but he jumped a pile of manure yeah, so th- that was uh, that was an excuse i i hadn't really heard before but uh it was uh, the manure wasn't ringing in my ears but that that excuse was ringing in my ears when it come out and caused one of the biggest upsets we've had at Melton um uh, full stop but um jumped a pile of manure and they're little things they're little thing. well in this case it was a big thing um i would be careful not to put my foot in it um <laughs> but they, they, they can be a genuine enough excuse and although i hadn't heard it before it's important to get that sort of feedback from time to time often you hear about it afterwards don't you
0: yeah, you've accused me of talking uh, SH1T <laughs> a few times, Dan, and, and I reckon Hawkey might have might have spoken a bit of that too over the journey of substance. <laughs> let's get to a break. How you going, Hawkey? Uh, let's get to a break. We'll come back with Dad's best bet and his multi, and as I say, he was red hot last
1: week.
0: Here are the panel's best. The best. Now, before you get into these, Dan. Yeah. Six tips last week you did. Let's right. say someone had 100 on each, spent 600, they would have got back $1,900.
1: Really? Yeah. And I'm still working for a living. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? And all Co- my tips. Covali, Piero, Diamond
0: Shoes, both were in second. They were each way plays. Uh, were, uh, the multi got up. You tipped our Princess Di, Perfidious Sue, who was $7.50 at Geelong. The one you oh, missed was yeah. yeah. The one you missed was Captain Tom, who ran last, beaten 70 metres, and had a vex examination after race. Obviously something was wrong with him, so we'll forgive you I for that in.
1: one. You probably yeah. did. You probably
0: <laughs> probably one impact. That. that is so typical of life, isn't it? Now, so you are when I say you're red hot, you're absolutely red hot. If if someone played those, you know, pace, pace bets that you mentioned last week and put them in a multi. Would have returned big and then yeah, Princess Di and Perfidia Sue both winning at Geelong. So let's hear it for uh, your best bets for Saturday night at Melton.
1: I'd sort of forgotten about that, so I haven't gone in here too cocky when I was doing my <laughs> tips here. Had I known that previously, it could have been different. Um, look, my best bets, I've gone both at each-way prices, Yeah. Uh, so naturally my suggestion would be to back them that way, is race one, number 10, Platinum Stride. And uh, I'm, I'm taking on Hazel Muscle to a degree, so I think Love Gun each-way is the other one. Race six, horse number four. So they're each-way best bets, race one, horse... Ten Platinum Stride Race Six Number Four Love Gun. He's already won two runs this uh, time in, so I'm uh, I'm getting onto the bandwagon there. So they're my best bets each way, and uh, and I've worked at a multi.
0: Yep. Uh, my best is Race Two Number One Interest Free and Zaram Race Six Number Eight the Place. The multi uh, jingle is coming. It's hopefully here we are. It's time for Multiculture. Now, the multi's always, sometimes it's the two you're tipping, sometimes it's others, and sometimes you run a gag past me. Let's go with it.
1: Well, I've actually, this just stood out. It looked the obvious. There's no great price here, but the combination, uh, I think, is attractive. So, effectively, these two would be my best bets for the night, my best bets on the nose, and I suggest take them all up to win Race four, number four, Rikiro Rebel, yep. into race eight, number two, Talk Time. And I think that's around $2.32 at the moment, just uh, looking at the, the tab odds. And depending on where you bet it, you might get your boost or acceleration or whatever it is they use and all the different um uh sites but uh the, keep it simple race four number four and race eight number two
0: yeah I like all that. up a win <laughs> i've tipped both of those and i think there's the, the, the three we really agreed on it was dream maze was the other one so maybe a team multi if, if you had to chuck dream a's in uh as an extra little multi a three or at a dollar 75 on top perhaps uh th- th- that can be my multi your two and dream maze at the end Uh, Dan, thank you very much, mate. It was a pity we couldn't get Cliff Woods. I I tried my best for you and uh, maybe we'll still be able to get hold of him and have a chat to him about uh, the great Wahima Hanger and how
1: he bred him. Yeah, it would have been a great story. It was a good try and perhaps down the future. Although if he got him on, he might, imagine he'd come back and said, I'm still waiting for that other 1,000 after his first win or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why he wouldn't. He just ignored the courts. <laughs> oh, those bloody Australians. I got ripped off in 1998 by an Australian or 99 or whenever whatever year it was you bought it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, they were fond memories, though, so I appreciate you bringing them up.
0: Uh, good on you, Dan. Have, have a great night calling Saturday night, mate. Uh, I'll catch up with you. You're not at Kilmore Sunday with me, are you?
1: No, no, I'm actually taking the weekend off. Oh, um, you are too, um, aren't you? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, looking forward to the, the Matilda soccer game and, and also going to go and watch my footy team on Sunday as well uh, in another state. So looking forward to a weekend away with the family.
0: Over a course of a working life, not many people would have worked as many Saturdays as what you have, mate. So enjoy the weekend with the fam. Uh, I'm glad I brought back some memories for you. And if I do get hold of uh, Cliff, I'll I'll make sure I get you involved in the interview. Have a great weekend, Dan.
1: Thank you. You too, Toby. And to all our listeners as well.
0: There's there, Maleky. We'll get to a break. We'll come back and I'll wrap it up and I'll hand it over, the show over to Hannibal Lecter for the afternoon.